Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite podcasts for resurrected moms from the 18th century. My name is Beth, and I am joined by my esteemed co-host, Claire, and we're excited to bring you Season 3, Episode 13, Bringing Out the Dead. And those dead got brought out, all right. (laughs) They sure did. They sure did. Super appropes. Uh... This was one of my favorite episodes ever, I think. This was really good. Yes. And it starts off in the best way possible with Elijah just like very calmly and casually wiping that hybrid's blood off of his hands, whose heart he pulled out at the end of the last episode. Yes, it picked up right where we left off last time. And Elijah is so calm, cool, and collected, which Mm -hmm. is so different than how all of the other vampires act, right? Like, why is he so put together? I think he hoarded all of the chill for himself. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, okay, so you're obviously surprised to see me up and about, so you weren't the one who undaggered me. Neat. Yes, and it was Damon who undaggered him, we believe, right? Yes, we saw that we at the end of the point? last episode. He oh, showed well, uh, right, the stuff in the dagger. Uh, it was yes. like, I did something. Yes. And it's not long before Elijah and Klaus start fighting amongst themselves, because they le- they left things on pretty bad terms before he got daggered. The last we saw Elijah was like right at the beginning of season three, this season it was two and a half years ago for us um (laughs) but he was following klaus around when klaus was on his first werewolf massacre because klaus had promised to bring back their family and klaus was like i will bring reunite you with the family and he says the same thing again here like oh i i did what i promised i reunited you you're all in coffins together (laughs) oh right yes so Elijah's pissed, and uh, he causes some mild destruction in the house, <laughs> and Klaus, like, snarls in the angriest way possible. Easy! I just finished renovating! <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I laughed so, so hard at that. It's like, okay, Damon. I know. He's like a, a regular-ass property brother over there. I feel like we've referred to Klaus and Elijah as property brothers before. <laughs> I and I so. I think it just needs to happen now. Yes, I would watch that show. Totally. So, like, the first several scenes, I just wrote nothing but quotes. Yeah, so the first thing I have written down is that, like, the Elijah and Klaus are fighting, and the bomb drops that Michael is dead. Mm, because right. Elijah didn't realize that before he got daggered. Yeah, it happened while he was sleeping. Like oh, Sandra that's right. Or, well, like Peter Gallagher, I should say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and Elijah's like, well, then why the fuck are our siblings still in these coffins? If dad's dead, we can all have a party. Right, and Klaus is all kind of, like, mysterious, and he's like, I'm ready to tell you about our past now. And it's like, what? Like, this shit has been happening for centuries. Like, why are you ready to tell him now? Yeah. And we get our first tease of these two new originals we're going to meet when uh, Elijah mentions that Finn has been daggered for over 900 years and Cole for over a century. So we've got their names, Cole and Finn. Wow. Mm-hmm. It always I always get confused or like not confused, but it always makes me think of Gilmore Girls, the college years with uh, Logan's shithead bros, Colin and Finn. Oh, yeah, that's close. <laughs> Do you think that's a call out to it? 
I mean, they were both on the CW. Yeah. It's an Easter egg. <laughs> oh my god, Gilmore Girls and the Vampire Diaries exist in the same universe. Yes. Elena wow. could be in the DAR, probably. <laughs> she would be. You know she would. The founding, she's from a founding family. I want an Emily uh, Elena scene. Oh my god, Emily would eviscerate Elena Gilbert. I know, she would just tear her to bits. I want to see Paris Geller eviscerate Elena Gilbert. Oh, yes, Paris would hold nothing back. <laughs> and Elena would be like, can't we just be friends? And if, Paris would be like, no! <laughs> if somebody out there wants to write or is aware of already written fan fiction about this crossover, please send it our way. Yes, I could. I could use some light reading. But anyway, the way that Klaus kind of tries to slither out of this is by saying that it's all Stefan's fault that the family is still daggered because of reasons, like all the coffin drama, the shell game right. of the coffins. And he's like, I hope that you'll keep to our oath always and forever, Elijah. Elijah, help me Elijah. destroy Stefan. And stand by my side. Yeah, and... He, at a certain point in the fight, like, threatened to re-dagger Elijah, but he's like, hey, the dagger that was in me is gone, so if you dagger me, you're going to have to deal with Cole, who Klaus had pulled the dagger out of to threaten to stab Elijah. So apparently, Klaus prefers to deal with Elijah to Cole. So we don't learn much about these bros in this episode, but we can keep that in mind. Definitely. And all that happened before the title card because uh, we get that right at the end of their little fight here. Yeah, there's a lot of action in this episode. Yes. I feel like already I'm over-explaining it. So let's move on. <laughs> Sounds good. So then we go to our favorite lady, Elena, and she's at her house. And this is one of my favorite scenes of the episode. <laughs> so she's like making breakfast or some shit. And Alaric stumbles down all hungover. And she's like, well, what did you get up to last night and he says something along the lines of having drank a bunch of whiskey and he wasn't with meredith but he did whiskey dial her at 2 a.m he says at 2 in the a.m which i thought was really weird (laughs) oh that is weird i missed that (laughs) yes and elena's like not judging at all like if this was damon i feel like she'd be judging super hard but she's like obsessed with the idea of alaric as being like her new parent i guess kind of yeah. She calls sad. him family later. But mm-hmm. she's just like, oh, Lark, it's fine that you're hungover and banging new chicks at my house. Yeah. It's she's totally like, I told fine. You not to worry about Aunt Jenna. <laughs> you could do that here. Yeah. And this lovely moment is interrupted by a knock on the door. And who is it but Sheriff Forbes? Such a busy woman wearing her only outfit. <laughs> Do you think she has only the one uniform and she has to clean the blood stains out of it every night? Definitely. And she definitely does it on like an old timey washboard just for like, <laughs> just for character building, you know? And because on her rare days off, she plays in a jug band. <laughs> yes, exactly. But Sheriff Forbes is all business. She like walks up there holding a bag with a bloody ass steak in it. Mm-hmm. And she says, this is an unconventional conversation we're about to have. I don't think it is. I'm like pretty sure that she's had way weirder conversations with them. Like Like suddenly she she has qualms about like mishandling crime scenes. 
She's like, I need you to protect me on this and not like tell anybody that I'm telling you that your fingerprints are on the murder weapon, which came from your parents' lake house, Elena. Right, right. Yeah, so basically Forbes tells them, like you said, this is the murder weapon. Elena, your fingerprints are on it. They recognize it from the weapon like pile that they had at Elena's lake house. And Sheriff Forbes says that this is what was used to murder the medical examiner mm-hmm. at Wickery Bridge on the night of the, or not at Wickery Bridge, in the woods on the night of the Wickery Bridge fundraiser. Yes. And they explain the situation like several times in this episode in case we had forgotten. Like the number of times that a character unnecessarily is like, and the medical examiner was killed at this fundraiser when this person was here and this person was here and he was married to this ex-boyfriend. I'm like, we get it. They really do. I don't know why I was having such trouble repeating it just now because they really drive it home. Even I remember what they what happened. <laughs> I mean, Wickery Bridge is a little bit hard to say fast. Wickery Bridge. Yeah. Wickery Bridge. Yeah. Wickery Bridge. Wickery Bra is what I landed on. <laughs> that sounds very uncomfortable. It, oh, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I think then they called Damon... They conference call Damon, who's, like, walking through a lovely meadow or something. Yep. And they're like, so this is what we just learned. And Damon's like, uh, it was definitely Dr. Fell, right? You showed her all your sexy weapons. I know. And he was convinced that it was her right away. And Elena's like, there's no way in hell that it's Meredith Fell, because I refuse to believe that a lark has that bad of luck with women, or that your luck is that tragic, or something like yeah. that. I was like, damn, a lark, was great. It was so good. And she said it with such a straight face. Mm-hmm. Like, looking a lark directly in the eyes. Mm-hmm. And Damon here says something about a lark's secret little slayer stash, which... I choose to accept as a vague Buffy reference. Oh, nice. And this is my favorite part of the scene where Lark's like, well, every, anybody could know about it. I have my weapons here, the school, my loft, your car. <laughs> right. Dude, Lark keeps a duffel bag full of weapons in Damon's car. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so much, but. It's just like, is it just Damon's car? Like, everybody's car. You would think he would... Like, I don't know if he's gotten a new car since his got blown up in the whole ghost situation. Right. Like, what about Elena's car? I know. And he's just, like, rattling him off, like, that scene in Forrest Gump where they're naming all of, like, the different types of shrimp. So, like, he's just, like, going, like, on and on and on about all of the different locations of all of his weapons. And I'm like, damn... For how many weapons there are strewn about, we really don't see that many that often. Yeah, he pulls out a shotgun at some point in this episode. I'm like, since when has he had that? Yeah, and it's huge. I know, it's disturbing. And he's just like laying it out on the counter. I'm like, this is the kind of thing where like after somebody commits a heinous crime, they like find this kind of shit in their house. Right, yeah. It's like, oh, yes, they had a stockpile of 400 old-timey weapons. Of course. (laughs) But yes, he's super cash about the idea that anybody could have stumbled upon these weapons at any time. I'm like, get your shit together, Lark. Like, on several counts. Yes, yes. So I guess then Damon, like, somehow ends the phone call, and he meets up with a friend in the meadow, and Elijah is there. Yes, he says what all of us are thinking, which I had to record because I feel like I just want this to be my ringtone. Elijah. 
favorite original. <laughs> so good. So true. So yes, Damon had has, had apparently slipped a note in Elijah's pocket when he removed the dagger. And remember that him doing all this stuff with the coffins was like very under the gun, like because right. class was coming to get them and he could only get the one out, but he took the time to like write a little note to Elijah and put it in his pocket. <laughs> I know. In like the two minutes that he had available. Yeah, he's like, I so could funny. get the rest of these coffins out or I could write a sexy note to my new boyfriend, Elijah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alaric's got a girlfriend now, so yeah. Damon's got to get his own side piece. Definitely going with option one there. <laughs> yeah, good choice, Damon. But yes, Elijah's like, uh, so what's up? You put a note in my pocket and Damon's like, you look hot in your new suit and new haircut. Yep. Which, by the way, I kind of prefer Elijah's old haircut. I can't tell. I thought he looked really good now, but I don't remember. Was his whole old haircut longer? He had the, like, Dean from Gilmore Girls butt hairdo, but, like, in a hot way. Oh, okay. I know what you mean. It looked that, like, middle part 90s thing? Yeah, it suited yeah. him more. It looked more old-fashioned, like, uh-huh. even if we're just talking about the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> and now he has kind of a, a Stefan hairdo, except his hair isn't as thick as Stefan, so it doesn't... Right. It's pointy. I mean, he still looks hot, but I have opinions. Of course, as you should. But yeah, they get up really close in each other's faces, as always, and Damon's like, so you want to help us kill Klaus? And Elijah's like, let's talk. Yeah, and then Damon, like, makes some sort of reference to Elijah helping them figure out whatever is in the mystery coffin and using that to kill Klaus. Mm, yes. So things are things are heating up on the old uh, kill Klaus front. As usual. <laughs> As usual. Uh, and speaking of that locked coffin, we cut to Stefan, Bonnie, and Abby wandering through those tunnels where apparently Damon has compelled some Lockwood gardeners to bring <laughs> the coffin into the cave with all of the ancient runes that Alaric was super aroused by. Yeah. And that vampires can't go in. <laughs> oh, right, right. So Stefan is not being very kind here. He's kind of being a taskmaster, like just screaming at Bonnie and Abby, like to get into the cave and figure out how to open the locked coffin because he knows that it has to be a witch that's able to do that. And Abby's like, listen, man, I don't have powers. Like, I don't know what you expect me to be able to do. And Stefan is so cold in this moment. Like, I had to rewind it because he was like, (laughs) well, I don't believe you, Abby. Dig deep. And then he, like, storms off. It's it's rude. It's once again Stefan mansplaining to a Bennett witch, like, what her powers are. Except it's the opposite of what everybody does to Bonnie, where it's like, Bonnie, you're not strong enough. It's like, Abby, you are strong enough. You do have powers. (laughs) You bitch. (laughs) Yeah, you bitch. Oh, my God. Oh, Stefan, no matter what his like moral compass or like humanity switch situation is, he always has time to tell a witch her business. Right. That's the one constant he has in his life. <laughs> that's his most fundamental personality trait. <laughs> so yeah, Bonnie and Abby are just kind of getting settled in there and Stefan storms off and Elena is standing outside of the cave. Elena is everywhere in this episode. She's at the cave. She's And all of the other scenes that we're about to talk about. Yeah, pretty much. But Elena's like pretty much there to 
confront Stefan because she thinks that he could have potentially killed the medical examiner with a stake on the night of the fundraiser for Wickery Bridge. And Stefan pulls some bullshit here. Mm -hmm. So he's like, why would you ask me that, Elena? And it's like, dude, you've been running around murdering and terrorizing people for like what seems like months, but might have been days. I don't understand the timeline of this show. But he's like shocked that she asked him if he killed the medical examiner. Yeah. And it's like Elena's theory, which she told Alaric and Damon earlier, is that Stefan is just so off the rails and he was so crazy that night that he could have done anything. And we might remember that the night in question was when he drove Elena at like 100 miles per hour over Wickery Bridge and like threatened to drown her. Right. Like, yeah, he could be capable of anything. People have so many theories about who murdered this medical examiner. Like, people think Klaus did it and as, like, some kind of plot. And I'm like, why do you think any of these people give a shit about the medical examiner? <laughs> right. It doesn't make any sense. We never have seen him before. And they, like, care so much more about this murder than they do about any other murder that's taken place pretty much in the whole show, I feel like. I think this one is because they suspect it's a human Maybe because if it was a vampire or a werewolf, you would have been like drained or mauled or something. That's true. That's a good point. But they pretty much everybody gets accused at some point. The number of times that I wrote j'accuse in my notes (laughs) is out of control. Uh, I like to use j'accuse as though it just is a replacement for accuse. So it's very grammatically incorrect. So it's like Elena j'accuses Stefan. I love this. That's what my grasp of the French languages. So yeah, the punch, like the gut punch from Stefan after he like kind of is gaslighting Elena about how crazy it is that she would possibly think that Stefan would kill the medical examiner. He's all like, did you ask Damon if he killed the medical examiner? That's a bullshit. Stefan is like very on his bullshit this week. Like he's Uh extremely salty about the Damon and Elena thing. And Uh it's like, I guess we knew that he turned his humanity back on or whatever to like be mad at Klaus, but it's just, yeah, it's such a like hard turn from like, he was trying to potentially strategically murder Elena and or turn her into a vampire. But now it's like, I am so mad. Somebody kissed the woman I love. I know it's too, it's too much. And like acting like Elena owes him any loyalty. Like, fuck you. I know. Like he's the one that went and like became a ripper. Yeah. Rippa. But we'll get to that more in Wireman, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But basically, they're both mad at each other and they make smoldering eye contact very Twilight esque for a while. <laughs> and then we go to the hospital. Oh, yes. So Meredith Fell is there working hard. And Caroline's there looking for none other than Bill Forbes. So- AKA Daddy. AK daddy. She's cool. like, Dr. Fell, like, how is my dad doing? Like, is he okay? And Dr. Fell's like, yeah, he's fine. But geez, could you get him to be a little bit more grateful about the fact that I saved his damn life by injecting vampire blood into him? Yeah, she says he spent half the night threatening to get my medical license revoked for saving his life. And I'm like, well, that's kind of legit. Like, you should have your medical license revoked. Exactly. This is wild. And she's, like, being so weird about the fact that he could be annoyed or upset that she did that. Yeah. 
And I mean, he sucks way more than she does, but I'm just like, if you want to go around curing people with vampire blood, you can't do it as a doctor. That like goes against oaths and shit. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, she tells Caroline that she signed his discharge papers last night just to shut him up. And Caroline's like, why <laughs> so didn't professional. my daddy call me and tell me he was getting out of the hospital? I'm like, because he sucks? Is this a surprise? Yeah. I know. Yeah, she's, like, surprised every time Bill Forbes does something, like, wrong or horrible. And then Meredith comes in with, like, a zinger, and she's like, that must be so hard, Caroline, that your father hates the one thing about you that you can't change. Like, Jesus, like, aren't you, like, at work? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and Caroline's like, say what now? Because she didn't know that Meredith knew she was a vampire, but Meredith says this thing, like, I make it my business to know who the vampires are in town, just for, you know, medical reasons. I don't snitch on on anybody. But I'm like, so are you going to vervain her and steal her blood next? Is that what's happening here? Right. There's something not right about this whole Meredith Fell situation. I will say that. It has my spidey senses going. She's an odd duck, but... Yeah. Caroline is sad, and she runs across Elena. Of course. Who is just, like, (laughs) teleported there from the caves. (laughs) Right, exactly. And, yeah, Caroline's, like, kind of giving Elena the lowdown, and she's like, I need to call my dad. So Caroline is calling Bill, and then she apparently has some sort of super vampire hearing skill at this moment, um, because she's like, oh, I could hear my dad's phone. Um, And they kind of go creeping around the hospital corridor uh, looking for him, and they open up a supply closet, and there's Bill fucking Forbes slouched down, sitting on the floor with a knife through his stomach. Yeah, and Caroline is freaking out. She's like, Daddy, Daddy, don't be dead. And she pulls the knife out. And I'm like, I think probably the more uh, alarming thing that's happened here is his throat has very obviously been slit. So I don't think pulling the knife out of his stomach is going to help. And Elena's like, Caroline, he had vampire blood in his system. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. And uh, almost as though he was waiting for his cue, Bill starts coughing like, oh. I'm awake. What's happening? Right. And do we cut from there or is there something else? No, I think that's it. Caroline's looking a little relieved that he came back to life or whatever. And then we cut away from the hospital and we check back in on Bonnie and Abby over at the cave. Right. And they're just having like a mother daughter chat. Bonnie's shading her because Abby's only grimoire. Abby only kept one grimoire. And it's the one that contained the spell that she needed to seal Michael in the tomb or whatever it was. Yeah, Bonnie is full of shade in this cave. Like, first... Mm-hmm. Shade in this cave. <laughs> first, Abby is like, what are all these runes? I'm like, oh my god, don't bring it up to Alaric unless you want to see a boner. <laughs> <laughs> but Bonnie's like, oh, well, this is the story of a family where the mom loved her kids so much she couldn't bear to lose them and turn them into vampires. Oh. And then I actually kind of like the part where Abby was like, this was the only grimoire I needed. Because I feel like that was kind of unintentional shade toward the Martin family who, like, stole all of the grimoires they could find. And it's like, of course that's what a couple of man witches would do. They'd just take all the grimoires and the lady witches would be like, 
this is the right grimoire. I don't need right. to take everybody else's. That's true. That's true. I like that. But anyway, she ripped out the page that had the binding spell she used on Michael because she wanted to get it out of her mind or something. Very convenient. Because that's how that works. Sure. And yeah, so they're looking at the ceiling spell and Bonnie's throwing some shade because Abby's kind of like, we need to check it out or whatever. And Bonnie's like, a ceiling spell seals things closed. (laughs) How are we going to open something with the ceiling spell? And then, like, I don't know. This part makes no sense. No, I that's what I was going to say. Like, conveniently, there's this mysterious symbol called a blood knot that everyone interprets it as it means that there needs to be two generations of the same bloodline performing the spell, just like two keys to a locked safe box. It's like, what is that analogy? Like, it makes no sense to me. Especially because this is still a binding spell. And they're like, so if we undo it, I'm like, is there a counter spell in there? Like, nothing about this made sense. I watched it twice and it didn't make sense either time. But because magic and grimoires and family bonding reasons, if they do something with this thing, both of them together, then maybe it'll work. Yes, and sorry, I was being confusing, and I kept calling it a ceiling spell, but it was a binding spell. It's the same to, diff. I need to brush up on my grimoires one I feel like they called it both things, too. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, they are having some friction, mm-hmm. but they have an idea now. But before we see if that pans out, we have to go to our gratuitous male shirtlessness moment of the episode where... Stefan is just wandering out of the shower with no shirt on. And I really thought it was Damon at first because the sunlight was glistening so much off of his pale skin. Oh, that's right. But no, it was Stefan. It was Stefan indeed. He's been looking good, even though he's been such a pain in the ass and such a rude (laughs) bastard. But um, yeah, if only rude bastards were always unattractive. I know that would would make life easier. A lot of time and energy. (laughs) (laughs) But they have some kind of back and forth snarking at each other but damon reveals that they have been invited to dinner with uh the michelson brothers over at the new uh klaus headquarters yes and stefan's like fuck that we're not gonna negotiate with terrorists and damon explains that if they go and have this dinner they can buy some time for bonnie and abby to open the coffin and get whatever this weapon is right and that they like need to negotiate this fake truce just to make sure that they, like you said, have enough time to hopefully open the coffin and then they'll be able to kill Klaus. But yeah, there's a lot of good back and forth here. Damon tells Stefan that he should definitely wear all black to the dinner because he'll look extra villainy, (laughs) which I really appreciated. Yes. Uh, And then he also, like Stefan doesn't want to go, but Damon is like, Oh, like, this is about Elena, huh? Well, if it wasn't for Klaus, he wouldn't have turned into such a dick. And then I wouldn't have a kiss, kissed Elena. So then we wouldn't even be in this situation. So we actually do need to go kill Klaus. So he has all of these reasons why Stefan has to go. And they're all kind of funny. Yeah. And then they end it with more bickering about Elena, where Stefan's like, you're stupid to trust Elijah. He betrayed us. And he's like, well, you're off the rails. I trust him more than I trust you. And Stefan's like, I don't trust you because you kissed my girlfriend who's not even my girlfriend anymore. Who I treat like garbage. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Stefan. 
<laughs> and then it's my second favorite part of the episode, um, where we're at the hospital and they've like sequestered Bill in some room. Mm-hmm. And Caroline mentions that she compelled a nurse to like keep everybody out. And I'm like, is it the same nurse who she compelled to say that her husband likes to get kinky? <laughs> oh my gosh. I really, that poor woman. That's my headcanon, at least. <laughs> that's so funny. Yes, it's definitely that. <laughs> but Bill is freaking out. Like, we all know the vampire transition makes you like basically act like you're on a lot of meth. Mm-hmm. Super agitated. He's like pacing around his private room um and yeah like caroline and elena really want to know bill like who did this who was your attacker and he says that he didn't see them um unfortunately although they stabbed him in the front both times so right i don't know what that's about maybe they reached around and stabbed him in the stomach from behind (laughs) they just did a reach around like jack off motion (laughs) i don't know if you can see it the old stab. <laughs> As we learned from Buffy in the episode Hush, uh, do it, miming a stabbing motion can often be mistaken for something more sexual. <laughs> but anyway, Bill drops the bomb in this scene that he does not intend to drink human blood. He's just going to let himself die instead of turning into a vampire because he's a vampire racist. Mm-hmm. And everybody's R. like, I I'm shocked I and know. distraught. Caroline cares way too much. It's it's sad. Yes. But we leave that for a second and go back to the Gilbert house where Elena is also, she was just at the hospital. <laughs> and Alaric has all of his weapons. He says he's doing an inventory since they're turning up lodged in other people's bodies all over town. Right. And as if this man is organized enough to even know, like, what weapons he has. I like, don't think he is. You know the episode of Gilmore Girls where Kirk is in charge of the Easter egg hunt and he doesn't make an egg map? And so there's <laughs> yes. rotting eggs hidden all over the town square? I yes. feel like Alaric did not make an egg map. Like, there are weapons out there that he has just forgotten and people are going to, like, trip on them and die. Exactly. I know. that. Yeah, he doesn't know where half the shit is. He's like, oh, this was from Damon's car... Here's that giant shotgun that you were referring to, Claire, that takes up the whole kitchen counter. He's laying it down. Oh, and the knife was in the crawl space in the foyer. Oh, my God. I know. Jesus. So he thinks that because the knife was in the Gilbert house and that's where he showed Meredith all of his Uh toys, that maybe she did do it because she would have known where the knife was. And it's like everybody's back on Meredith now. They had cleared her on the basis of... Alaric can't have that tragic luck with women. Right. But now she's back under suspicion. Yeah. And Alaric is like, we can't ignore the facts. And I'm like, I would not call what you guys think is going on facts. But okay. Okay. At least he doesn't say we can't ignore the facts that that was her ex-boyfriend and it was at the Wickery Bridge Fund. Or maybe he did and I just didn't write it down. (laughs) But anyway, we then go to... uh, the House of Klaus. The I think you called it that last week, didn't you? <laughs> I don't know. The, yeah, so, like you are going to say, the Salvatore brothers arrive, and there is a very classy dinner party happening right here. Classy, except for the three random women who I guess are supposed to be waitresses, but are wearing the ugliest outfits. Like, they all have on black miniskirts and these, like, gold silk chemise is the word that i wrote down i don't know if that's true but it's like this old-fashioned like 
what a woman in the 1950s would wear under her dress, like, if she was in her 40s. (laughs) Right. It's giving me retired Rockette vibes. Yeah. So that's super weird. And all they seem to be doing is standing around looking hot and occasionally, like, pulling out a chair. Right. I had a feeling that they were, like, just for sure compelled just to stand there and, like, bring them food and get to an eventual demise, for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's so weird because Klaus is like, ah, gentlemen, you've arrived. Let's let's sit down and have a civilized dinner uh, like men or something like that. It's just so, so weird because like, why? This whole thing is just like really awkward. Klaus has this like need to be really dramatic about everything as we know. So he has mm-hmm. to have this lavish multi-course dinner party and make everybody dance. Right. Because Stefan's like, I don't want to be here. And Klaus is like, I'll rip your guts out if you don't eat dinner with me, bro. Uh, Yeah, he just went straight there. And um, David has a good line here, too. He's like, I thought we were going to leave grumpy Stefan at home. So, like, (laughs) let's sit down and have a nice dinner with Elijah and Klaus. Yeah. And Stefan, of course, like, cannot chill. He cannot go along with the charade. He... Is like, so where's Rebecca anyway? Uh, last I knew she was still daggered. And right. he thinks he's going to like catch Klaus out and embarrass him in front of Elijah with this information. But mm-hmm. Klaus is like, oh, I told him all about how I killed her mom. It's chill. Yeah. <laughs> and Damon's like, hey, Stefan, remember when you killed our dad, <laughs> Giuseppe? <laughs> he doesn't say Giuseppe. I just want to say Giuseppe. <laughs> He doesn't say Giuseppe, but it's like such a it's such a good moment. David's character is so good. It, yeah. Like he's such a pain in the ass, but like just it's so good. He has a lot of good quips this week. He does. He's like, yeah, d- don't throw stones about a uh, Patra slash matricide. Right. And Klaus and Elijah are having this whole vibe with this dinner, like, oh, butt lip bygones be bygones. We're family. Yeah, like they are acting like. Like, Elijah doesn't give a shit about anything that just happened and that they're, like, grateful to be reunited, kind of. Like, he's definitely going along with it. Yeah, Elijah's got a new hairdo. He's ready Mm -hmm. to, like, leave the past behind. So what do you do? He, like, rolled out of the coffin and immediately went to the barber. And Brooks Brothers. He, like, read the note, went to the barber, went to Brooks Brothers, straight to the meadow. Oh, my God. He had to go and get himself fixed up before he could see Damon. Indeed. Indeed. Wow. So we leave them with their awkward dinner party and Mm -hmm. go to a very sad but, like, touching scene between Elena and Caroline. Right. So, understandably, Caroline is having a really rough time because Bill is not in good shape and he doesn't want to drink blood in order to become a vampire. Um, So they're just kind of, like, sitting out on the front steps and Elena's doing her best to comfort Caroline. And... They kind of start the conversation off with Caroline asking if um, Elena has heard from Tyler at all or vice versa. And yeah, yeah, if Caroline has heard from Tyler at all and she says no, which is weird. Yeah, Caroline's left him messages everywhere. But apparently after mauling Bill last week, he just like left town or something. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Where's Mary Carol Lockwood? She should at least know if he's at home. She's drunk. Getting it on with, like, the gardener. Maybe she's been deputized by Sheriff Forbes to help solve the mystery of the medical examiner. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> but yes, Tyler is AWOL, and Elena is talking about how she 
told Sheriff Forbes about her suspicions about Meredith and Caroline's like, do you and Alaric really think it's her? And Elena's like, I hope not, but probably. Yeah. Elena says, I really want Alaric to be happy. Like he deserves to be happy. But with all these details, it looks like Meredith is guilty for sure. She refers to Meredith as the girl he likes. (laughs) And I'm like, how old are you? And how old do you think they are? She's a fucking doctor. (laughs) They're like 40. <laughs> They're not that old. Are they not? I mean, like, I feel like, okay. So Isabel was in high school when she had Elena and okay. that was 18 years ago. So I don't know how old she was when she married Alaric. I, I feel like honestly, and this freaks me out to say, I feel like they're supposed to be around my age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause we're like in our mid to late thirties, right? I'm 35. That's not late thirties. <laughs> How old do you think I am? I'm 33, and I feel like I'm in my late 30s. Okay, fair enough. Mid to, mid to late. The pandemic has aged me, Claire. So yes, I feel like they're supposed to be in their mid to late 30s, but probably more mid. How old gotcha. do you have to be to be a doctor? I feel like... You can be a doctor be a, by the time you're 30. Yeah, because that's 10 years from when you graduate, like, undergrad, if you go, like, right when you're 18. Yeah. So you're right. You're right. We just identify with the kids on the show so much. We don't want to think we're the same age as the adults. I know. I'm like, they're definitely 40. (laughs) (laughs) And like, if we watch this again in 10 years, oh, they're probably 50, right? Yeah, exactly. But yes, the girl Alaric likes is probably a murderer, according to Elena. Mm -hmm. But they're talking and crying and hugging. And Caroline's like, I'm going to force feed blood to my daddy. And Elena's like, uh, no, you should not do that. I've been force fed blood in dire life or death situations before. It was not chill. She doesn't right. mention that, but I'm thinking about it. Yeah. And she does say she's like, the only thing that your dad has is his choice. And yeah. I thought that it was like really interesting that Elena is the one who like points that out about one of the worst men on the entire show. But It's like, uh, what did Jeremy have? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Good point. You made his choice for him. I forgot that Jeremy was in this show. Like, oh, so blessed. I know. No wonder I liked this episode. It's two whole episodes without Jeremy. Stay in Denver, Uh, motherfucker. Praise be. But she's like, no, don't do it. And Caroline asks Elena, what was the hardest part of losing her own dad? Yeah. And that was like super sad. It's weird to phrase it that way because. Like, her, both her par- parents died at the same time. But she she mentioned something like all the stuff that her dad was going to miss, things that you really need your dad for. I'm like, what do you really need your dad specifically for? Like, to walk you down the aisle at your wedding or some patriarchal shit like that? Yeah, that's, like, the only thing I can think. That was the only thing I thought of when she said that. And I was surprised she didn't say that. that. Right, right. Because, like, everything else would be like, oh, he didn't get to see me graduate high school or go to college or, like, meet my grandchild- the grandchildren that I might have someday if I stopped dating vampires. Because that's all stuff that both your parents would miss and you'd be sad about, but... Of course. Anyway. In the midst of this super emotional moment, we see fucking Matt walk up and he, like, looks awkward and all he says is, hey. <laughs> I don't know if it's, like, more than usual... In this episode, or if I've just not really noticed it that much before, but he's such a mumble mouth. Like, he's he always is. like, rrr, 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 rrr. Yeah, he's like, hey, Caroline. I have expected Sorry, it to be dad. like, 
Hey, Caroline, I'm sorry your dad's dying. You can be kind of a bitch sometimes. <laughs> but he's experienced some real personal growth because he did not say that. I know. Yeah, you're right. All he said was, hey, and actually we should That's great take restraint. that as a good thing. Yes, for sure. Oh, my God. But yeah, that it's is just so like, funny. Uh, yeah, this beautiful moment between two female friends, like, comforting each other and then just Matt shuffling up and ruining the vibe. Oh, I know. And in, like, the most annoying way. Hey. So that's how that scene ends. I guess, what, she stands up and hugs Matt, I think. Yeah, I guess it's kind of sweet, like, because he's been on Caroline's dick this whole season, but now he's like, her dad's dying, I'm gonna, like, come and be nice. Like, Matt is having kind of an upswing in, like, being more bearable in these last couple episodes. I don't know. I don't remember if it will last. (laughs) But I wasn't mad at him this week, except for retroactively. Yeah. No, it was was a nice thing. It was just funny how he strolled in and interrupted and said, hey. (laughs) And speaking of funny... I laughed so loud at the scene that comes next at the dinner party where Elijah's trying to make polite conversation. And he says, so where's the lovely Elena tonight? And Seven immediately is like, I don't know, ask Damon. And Klaus just cracks up. And Klaus cracking up at that made me laugh so hard. That was so good. I was laughing as well. He's like, oh, you've missed a lot, Elijah. (laughs) Yes. And Damon quips in with his, yeah, Elena is on our do not discuss list. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's just like, poor Elijah, he's committed a faux pas. He thought this was a safe subject. I know. And he is like a very well-mannered man. So, you know, he wouldn't be trying to bring up ex-girlfriend, brother drama <laughs> in the midst of this weird ass dinner party. Yes. But, but- uh Klaus lives for that shit, so he's like, oh, well, speaking of brothers fighting over Nina Dobrev, why don't we tell them about Tatia? Oh, yes, and this is where it gets juicy, and then Elijah or whoever is like, ah, yes, the originator of the Petrova line. Well, Elijah doesn't want to talk about it, but Klaus is like, oh, "Oh, the allure of the doppelganger endures. (laughs) yes. And, okay, so you're right. Klaus says that, and then Elijah calls her an exquisite beauty. Hey. Yes. I wish Elijah would call me an exquisite beauty. Actually, I I don't. That would be creepy. I I just wish he'd call me. (laughs) I wish anyone would call me an exquisite beauty. Oh, no. If you renew your vows with Mike, you got to make sure that he puts that in there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I had to know this exquisite beauty. <laughs> I had to know this exquisite beauty. Uh, so it turns out that the original doppelganger was this girl, Tatia, who lived in their village. And all of the men who, all the, super weird how I think, is it Elijah who says, like, all the men of age wanted to court her, even though she had a child by another man. I'm like, there's so many weird things about that sentence. Like, where do I begin? I know. And it was like, the certain age thing, like, threw me. I was like, what the fuck? Like, just say, like, all of the men. Or just everyone. I don't know. You're right. It was weird. Like, probably some ladies wanted to court her, but they wouldn't be open about it back in Viking times. Yes, that's true. But definitely the 14-year-old boys were like, ew, girls have cooties. Although probably 14 was considered of age back then. 
It was. So, yeah, he's actually The babies about- didn't want to court her. <laughs> but yes, they had to slip in that she had a child by another man because that's how the, the bloodline continued. Oh, good point. Okay. I missed that. I missed that detail. So that makes sense. Yes. And turns out both Elijah and Klaus were super into her. Their mom was so disturbed by their feud over this girl that she took Tatia, presumably killed her, and used her blood to turn them into vampires. Like, what the fuck? I know. Things escalated so quickly because it went from we both had a crush on her to our mother was a very powerful witch and Tati, we consumed Tatia's blood and wine on that very night when our mother turned us. And I was like, what? It's like, surprise, kids, when they wake up the next morning. I murdered your girlfriend and you're going to live forever. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and th- that kind of goes without comment. Like, nobody points out how fucked up that is. And I'm just like, excuse me? Can we talk about that for a second? Right? I know. Like, yeah, Michael even... wasn't the only fucked up parent in this family. Yes. And, like, retelling the story, they're, like, so calm. I mean, it was, like, a thousand years ago. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Elijah says, Klaus and I were estranged after that. Uh, But then they both agree at this dinner table that they have reunited and have put family above all of this past tension. And they clink their glasses like a couple of bros. Cheers to that. Clink. So we leave the dinner party and we check back in on Abby and Bonnie over at the cave. And they're both doing their Latin chants. And we see that for like 30 seconds before Bonnie gets super frustrated and she's like, Abby, you're not even trying. We've been doing this for over an hour. And that kind of made me laugh because I didn't feel like that's that long to have to do like a really strong spell to open up a coffin that's been sealed by like the most powerful vampire hybrid thing. Yeah. And also like Abby was chanting just the same as she was like, how do you know (laughs) she's not trying? I know. For all you know, she doesn't have any powers. Did she just buy Stefan's bullshit? I know. But then Abby's like, listen, the spirits are mad at me for leaving you, so I can't do magic. I already told you. And Bonnie calls BS on that and says, no, you just don't want to. You're punishing yourself. And did you know, P.S., that I had no memories of you and Grams and Dad never talked about you and I used to pretend you were dead because that would be better than you abandoning me? Like, Jesus Christ, slow down. I know. We're having a lot of family, uh, airing of family grievances going on in this episode. Indeed. But Abby's like, I can never apologize enough for what I did for what I did to you. And Bonnie's like, just do this fucking spell and we'll call it even. Right. And then they chant again and suddenly the flames go really crazy on the candles and classic Bonnie fashion. And the coffin like jiggles and Bonnie's like, oh my God, something happened. I have to tell Damon that like, it moved? Like, why does she have to go call Damon to be like, well, we haven't actually accomplished anything yet, but I'm wasting time to call you and let you know that we, like, kind of started making something happen. Yeah, I know. It was, like, a little weird. Like, I guess because, like, they're, like, trying to make time, but also it's, like, wasting time to take the time away. And wouldn't you want to, like, keep the momentum going of, like, the spirits to finish the job there? (laughs) It's like when you're working on something for a client and they keep calling you to ask you why it's not done yet. (laughs) 
Right. And you're like, it would have been done 10 minutes ago if you stopped calling me. Yeah, if I had to keep stopping every two seconds to give you a status update, it would have been done. Oh, I just had memories of my customer service days. So, yeah, there's the super candle flare. Bonnie runs away to call Damon. And Abby's just standing there, kind of waiting around. But the coffin starts jiggling more, and we see it start to slide open. And Abby looks shocked as hell. Yeah, she's like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, that scared me. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, the coffin is now open, and apparently something horrifying is in there. But of course we don't get to see it yet. Right. We had to go back to the dinner party where Stefan's like, listen, brass tacks, this is what we're prepared to offer. Yes. Or maybe it's Damon. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I don't know. It it was one of them. But they're like, listen, Klaus, we're going to give you your coffin, but you and all your hybrids and your family, you just go ahead and leave Mystic Falls. And what are you going to counter with? (sighs) And Klaus is like, listen, I'm never going to leave Elena. Not because I'm in love with her like you two bozos, but because I need her blood to make my hybrid army because they keep on getting killed by my friends and enemies and family alike. Because right, if you think about the hybrids for a minute and like think about what it's been like for Tyler and it's like they just will murder the hybrids just for being hybrids. Mm-hmm. And like, I know that like they're sired to Klaus and have to do fucked up shit if he asks, but like these are people who did not ask to get to be tur- to be turned into hybrids and they're just getting their hearts ripped out to like make points and conversations <laughs> like these right. poor people. I know it is sad. It really is. But anyway, they don't talk about that. I'm just thinking about it. But Klaus <laughs> is like, I don't trust you to to keep her alive and human. Like one of you is going to turn her into a vampire or she's going to make like Tatia and die in the crossfire of your feud. So I am the only one who can protect her, and he elaborates on it more in another scene, but first Damon storms out, and Elijah goes after him or something. Yeah, yeah. Class is pretty much like, the worst thing for Elena is being around the two of you. Right. And then I wrote, interest you in an after-dinner drink, but I have no idea who said that or why. Oh, yes. Because I think Damon dramatically storms out, Elijah's like, I'll take care of that and follows him. Oh, and, and the after dinner drink is one of the uh, women that's serving their food. Yeah, Klaus like starts fondling her neck or whatever and is like, oh, age to perfection. Join me for a drink, <laughs> Stefan. And he starts drinking her because uh-huh. that's what she's there for, truly. And then we hang on that cliff for a minute and go back to Matt walking Elena home. Right. And Matt has some feelings about Mystic Falls. He's like, none of us should ever go through this. Like, this town is messed up. We can't live this way. Um, And, of course, they arrive to Elena's house, the Gilbert household, and they walk in. They try and turn turn on the lights, but they don't turn on. And Matt's like, oh, the power must be out. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. (laughs) (laughs) So she grabs the flashlight out of the drunk drawer and she drug drawer the junk drawer and she hands it to matt and he starts shining it around and there is blood everywhere yet again somebody has apparently been stabbed in the gilbert kitchen how many times is this that's gotta be at least four right so yeah like there's blood everywhere and there's perfect blood handprints so like think about like when you like paint your like baby's hand to like do a (laughs) 
a handprint on a piece of construction paper. Like that is the level of bloody handprints there are on the walls. That's so true. It's like whoever has been stabbed just daintily placed their hand in two places on the wall, didn't drag it or anything. Right. Yeah. It's just a perfect outline. It's like Alaric 2012, <laughs> age 32. Oh my God. And they follow the blood trail upstairs. And I love that there's like a shot of the stairwell and there's like a picture that's askew crooked on the I, wall. I'm like, oh, this is serious. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, no, not like the picture. Hanging. There wasn't even any blood on it. I know. And it was like crooked in a way that like clearly was not natural. Like yeah. you could just tell like the, you know, like the production assistant or something just like went and was like, bloop. Exactly. <laughs> I wish my job was to bloop paintings. Same. Somebody hire us for that. But yes, they go upstairs, they follow the b- blood crumbs and find Alaric, hella stabbed in the hallway. But he's not dead yet. Mm-hmm. He's able to sputter out, Elena, you have to kill me. Yeah, and Matt's trying to call the cops and I'm like, Sheriff, Sheriff Forbes is like sitting with her dying husband. <laughs> There's nobody answering this call. <laughs> Right, the woman's busy right now, but luckily Elena is like, no, Matt, stop. Stop calling the cops. Because she remembers that Alaric has to die by a supernatural cause in order to be able to be brought back from death. Yes, and he doesn't know who stabbed him, so it could have just been a regular human, in which case he would die for real. Right. And Elena's like, I'm the doppelganger, and that makes me supernatural, so I have to kill him. And I'm like, that seems like a pretty flimsy leap. Like, it's like, she's the doppelganger, but she doesn't have powers or anything. Like, I feel like we've talked about this before, that, like, how does that make her supernatural? But apparently it's true. Or it's, spoiler alert, it ends up being true. (laughs) But she just stabs, like, she raises that knife above her head and stabs the hell out of him. I know. And I was thinking about this, like, while I was watching the scene, I would not choose that way to, like, kill my quote-unquote family. Right? Because like, do they not have the whole weapon arsenal there? Yeah, like, Still? quick, they have the shotgun, like, bullets right, the head's going to be faster and less painful. Or just, like, like, strangle him or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what I would do less, in this situation. I was, I would be looking for, like, a gun or something that was less, like, physical. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Like, you could stand from a distance. Right, exactly. Like, be a little bit more removed from the situation. But I guess time is of the essence. And Elena has, you know, she's been through some shit. She stabbed herself in the gut before. So, like, this is old hat to her. (laughs) Actually, yeah, good point. Good point. It's like, I'd rather stab Alaric in the stomach than do it to myself to uh, entrap Elijah and dagger him at the lake house. (laughs) Oh, good times. And Matt helpfully says, this is messed up. <laughs> oh, my God. I missed that. <laughs> Matt, always oh with God. the best commentary. Just stating the obvious over here. <laughs> so then we go back to Klaus's house, where Klaus declares that his offer for this negotiation is that he will take Elena away where she can fall in love with a human like Matt or some other jabroni. And have some babies so he can keep having doppelgangers for the rest of time. And he'll keep her safe and give her a happy life. 
Yes. And I actually have a sound clip for this because Ooh. I really liked Damon's reaction uh, to <laughs> Klaus's suggestion of being with that football player. So let me pull that up. You see, what she needs right now is to be rid of you lot and to fall in love with a human. Maybe that nice football player, you know, the blonde one. That Donovan? Really? Yeah, why not? <laughs> really? Yeah, David's face. I'll post it to our Instagram. Yes, please um, do. When we when we release this episode, but his face and Stefan's face when Klaus suggests Matt Donovan was just Chef's kiss. They were not happy about it. Yeah, suddenly Matt is getting pushed pretty hard, which is weird. Right. But it's like, yeah, it would be nice for Elena to be able to like live free of this bullshit, but that is not what she wants and Class is like, we all know that's what's best for her. I can make her happy. And I'm like, all of yeah. you are wrong. And Elena is a person who can make her own decisions. So fuck off. Right. I know. But anyway, it's all very dramatic. And nobody wants to agree with anything else. And then, and yet another thing that doesn't really make any sense. Stefan, like, pretends that he's going to go shake on it with Klaus. Like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. And I'm like, why does he have to go up to him and actually shake his hand? He could have just said no. But he goes up, grabs his hand and says no. Giving Klaus the opportunity to, like, do some kind of jujitsu move and shove his hand in the fire. Yes, it's so stupid. I don't know why he did that either. I was thinking the same thing. I, I actually thought that I missed something because it was so weird that he did that. No, it was just stupid. But yeah, he starts threatening to throw Stefan bodily into the fire mm-hmm. and Elijah starts choking Damon when he tries to help Stefan and Damon's <laughs> like, what's Elijah? I thought we were bros. I you know. got all dressed up for me earlier. <laughs> but he's like, okay, I'll go get the coffin. Yeah. Don't Just don't kill Stefan. And he and Elijah leave. Or Klaus tells Elijah mm-hmm. to go with him to make sure he doesn't try to pull any tricks. Yes. Exactly, exactly. So while those guys are heading over to get the coffin from the cave, presumably, uh, we hop over to Caroline's house, and now she's inside the house in the room with Bill. Um, And she's just being such a caring daughter. She's like, Bill, well, daddy. (laughs) I just feel so gross every time I say that. It would be much Uh, better if she called her dad Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Although it was always awkward for me because my dad's name was Bill and I'm like, "Oh, a dad named Bill. Shit, who's dying? Whoops." <laughs> Our dad's named Bill. Dad's named Bill. Ar- <laughs> what? <laughs> What's going on? Listeners, Beth is like crying laughing right now and I have no idea why. Because I forgot about <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm caught in a in a laugh chamber. <laughs> Dad's named Bill, our new Uncle's John. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, Uncle's John. Yes, Uncle's dying John. Dad's Bill. <laughs> Listeners, if any of you have a dead dad named Bill, please let us know for science. I wasn't I was not saying the dead part. I was just I was saying, saying the dead part. Saved- Okay, I'm allowed to make jokes about my own dead dad. Oh, of course you are. I just didn't want you to think that that's why I was laughing, because that would be wildly inappropriate. And actually, um, that'd be fine. Okay. But yes, it just, I had forgot about the Uncle's John until that moment. And that was one of my favorite things from, um, I guess, season one. So 
Yeah. Uncle John. I got caught in a laugh prison for a few minutes. It was very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> laugh prison. I love that. Yes. Okay, so what were we actually talking about? Oh, right, Bill's dying, and Caroline's like, can I get you something to eat? Call your husband, like... And Bill's like, oh, Stephen and I haven't talked in a while. It's fine. Just tell him after I'm gone. <laughs> I know, wow. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, seriously. This guy sucks. And there's this whole thing where he's like... Caroline's trying to convince him to change his mind because he's so strong in his brain because, remember, he can resist compulsion. He's right. strong enough to be a vampire and, like not kill people but he's like it goes against my beliefs please respect that please respect my racism right yeah and then he goes like on this whole diatribe about how like people aren't supposed to cheat death and it's unnatural and it's not right to see for children to like have to see their parents die and all this other or for parents to have to see their children die and all of this stuff um and caroline's taking it super personally she's like daddy like why do you hate who i am and that was really heartbreaking when she asks that if we're gonna follow that old coming out metaphor from like the first part of this plot line then it's like basically bill is saying i would rather die than suck a dick yeah (laughs) like he is he is yikes and he's like emotionally tormenting his daughter by dying in front of her instead of being like her And, like, I wouldn't really want to be a vampire, but I also wouldn't want to die young. Yeah, I was thinking about what I would do in this situation, and I would definitely just become a vampire because you you can still die when you're a vampire. Yeah, and he already has a built-in support system waiting for him. Like, he wouldn't just be flailing around like Caroline was, compelling people to think their husbands are kinky. (laughs) (laughs) But she says, please don't leave me, daddy. And she's crying. And I just really wish they would have done a Heroes crossover moment (laughs) where uh, on Heroes, his daughter's name is Claire, like me. And he Uh, would always say, I love you, Claire Bear. But uh, I was like, I really wish that he would say to Caroline, I love you, Care Bear. (laughs) Oh, that would have been super cute. It would have made me laugh. Yes. But he does have like a couple of nice like parting things to say. He's like listen, you're strong, you're beautiful, you're good, you're everything that your mother and I hoped you would be, which I'm glad that Caroline has that memory to take with her after every horrible thing that he put her through. It's so sad. When he says that she's good, she says, no, I'm not. Oh. Like, yes, you are, Caroline. You're the best. Oh, yes. Oh. I know you killed Contour, but you didn't mean to. It wasn't right. your fault. Yeah, but, yeah. those all like this is life, this is what it means to be human, and they're kind of hugging, and we end that scene. Yeah. And then there's a very abrupt cut back to Klaus and Stefan. <laughs> yes. Where Stefan doesn't want to drink with Klaus, and there's this moment where Klaus is, like, done drinking the waitress, and he just, like, lets go of her, and her body flops to the ground. Yikes. And I, I don't know, it made me laugh. It was just like, bop! <laughs> bloop. Everything's a bloop. Everything's a bloop today. Everything is a bloop today. The Beth Kozlowska story. <laughs> oh, ain't that the truth, Claire? <laughs> but yeah, Klaus is really mad and Stefan's like, just kill me already because I already know you're going to do it once you get your coffin back. And, so, and Klaus is like, where's the Ripper? Where's my old friend? Why, why don't you want to fight me? Have you really given up? And I'm like, he misses his murder, buddy. He's not going to kill Stefan. He loves Stefan. But... I know. But 
this is where shit starts to get super real. Yes, it does. Um, yes. So Elijah comes waltzing back in holding two daggers. So you know shit has gone down. <laughs> he does it in the most dramatic way possible. <laughs> he has them like in a covered tray like he's a waiter. It's like we almost forgot dessert. And he takes the cover off and it's the dagger. <laughs> God, how did I miss that? Like, this is the cheesiest shit I've ever seen. I love you, Elijah, but really? That is. That sounds like a scene out of, like, the movie Clue. Right? But Clue is better than that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I want to watch Clue. So good. Flames on the side of my face. (laughs) But yes, he presents the daggers that he has pulled out of his siblings. And it's just like a family reunion all of a sudden. Right. Yeah, so Elijah is pretty much like, I didn't trust all of your continued vulgar promises, Klaus. So Elijah's there. Then Cole comes walking in and he's like, oh, hello, brother. It's been a long time. And then Finn also walks in and he very quickly greets and then stabs Klaus. Yeah, he stabs Klaus through the hand with one of the daggers. Right. And then from another room, like... They really stage directed this moment because Elijah and Cole and Finn like came through the one door and then uh-huh. Rebecca waltzes in from the completely other side. Yes. And I really thought the first time I watched this that she stabbed Klaus in the dick, but I think it was the stomach, which I think is the same uh, mistake we made at the bonfire when she stabbed Damon with the <laughs> s'mores oh. branch. But I prefer to think that she stabbed him in the dick. I, I agree as well. And she says, that was for our mother. And Klaus is like gone from being like the cat that got the canary, like hosting the stupid fucking dinner party. But now he's just like freaking the fuck out. He's like, oh no, all of my plans have failed and now everybody wants to kill me. Yeah. (laughs) What am I going to do? He's shook and he's in trouble for sure. Yeah. Elijah tells the Salvatores that they're free to go because this is family business. Elijah has such a good dramatic, like a good flair for the dramatics. Yes. It's a Michelson family trait. Mm-hmm. But then all of this fun, exciting stuff has to stop for a minute so we can go back to Caroline, who's crying over her dad's dead body and her mom comes in to cry with her. And it's very sad. Oh, I forgot about that part. That was very sad. It's I very brief. Down. I must have been caught up in the moment too much. To There's like no lines. It. It's just like a brief moment before we go back to Matt and Elena. Yeah. Sitting by Alaric's corpse. Yeah. And then I guess Elena had just spoken with Caroline because she tells Matt, like, Caroline called, her dad died. Matt, will you stay with me? Like, I can't bear to lose any more family. And she's worried that potentially Alaric won't necessarily wake up. And then yeah. Matt does the creepiest embrace and <laughs> arm rub. It's so rough. Like, it's like... Oh, it was horrible. It's like when a little kid wants to like pet a dog, but they don't know their own like motor skills yet. And you have to tell them to be gentle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's like, he's like pulling her shirt and like doing a very like hard rub, but not in a good way. Like, it's like if oh. he had like a wooden hand. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> was- we can't stop dunking on Matt, even when he's basically being a good dude. <laughs> We can't. We can't. His intentions were good, but that arm stroke was bad. Oh my god. And then we cut to the woods where it's like a dramatic moonlit like 
forest landscape. I'm like, why are they walking home through the woods? Like, is Klaus's house not on a road? Right. Yeah. Where's Stefan's little uh, Corvette or whatever the hell? Oh, yeah. Maybe it's in the shop after he drove it too fast on McCree Bridge. But they have to have this very annoying conversation, which is basically just the reverse of all the ones they've had about Stefan saving Damon. Because this time, Damon saves Stefan. Right. It's just like, we get it. You will always save each other. You love each other. Yeah. Stefan's all, good job, bro. And then Damon's all like, don't tell me good job. Don't thank me until we're even for all of the times that you thanked me. You And then Stefan's all, you could have just left me there. And then, of course, they end up talking about Elena um, coming out of this conversation. Oh, yeah. Uh, Stefan's like, if you had just left me, Klaus would have killed me and you would have had Elena all to yourself. Oh, my God. I Jesus know. Christ. Like, Damon's not even thinking about that. Stefan's the only one who wants to take it there. Like, he's the one who keeps taking it there. And Damon's just like, I don't want to talk about this. I know. Like, I've got other shit going on right now. Yeah. And then Stefan drops the bomb. He's like, I still love her, Damon. And then Damon's all, so do I. And then his phone starts ringing and it's Elena, who's like very distraught right now and like wants somebody to be staying with her to watch over Alaric. But Damon dramatically declines the call and is like, I didn't do that for your benefit. Oh. On opposite day. Yeah. And I noticed that, like, a weird error message popped up on the phone screen when he declined the call. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I don't... Maybe it wasn't an error message, but it was definitely something, like, was off with the old technology, but they (laughs) kept it in the phone. (laughs) So, yeah, they're being bros again, pretending that they don't love each other more than anything. But then we go back to... Is it Elena talking to Sheriff Forbes? Yeah, Sheriff Forbes takes some time away from consoling her daughter and dealing with her dead ex-husband to give Elena a little ring. And she's like, hey, I've been working through this traumatic moment because I have no work-life balance. Um, And we found out that Meredith was actually in surgery when the murder with the stake during the night of the Wickery Bridge fundraiser happened. Oh, I think she so, was saying that it was during the time that Alaric got stabbed. Oh, during the time. Oh, okay, gotcha. Well, that works too. So, yeah. yes. But basically, long story short, there's no way that Meredith could have stabbed Alaric because she was in surgery and there's a whole bunch of witnesses. Yes. And Alina's like, oh my God, but then who could it be? And Sheriff Forbes is like, three uh, council members have been at least attempted to be murdered. That was mm-hmm. not a sentence, but you got what I was trying to say. And we have no suspects, so gotta go. Bye. <laughs> TTYL. Actually, I think Elena might just hang up on her because Alara <laughs> wakes up. Oh, yeah. He's all coughing up some blood. Um, and I wrote, he becomes alive because I don't know. Like, <laughs> how would you say that? Oh, my he God. Comes- he becomes alive. <laughs> I just wrote, good morning, Alaric. <laughs> Perfect. So he's back up. I think he says that he doesn't know who stabbed him. Right. At this point. Or he said that earlier. I don't know. I didn't write anything else for the scene, so I'm trying to imagine what else could have happened. Yeah, that was pretty much it. He coughs awake, and then Elena looks relieved and happy. Mm -hmm. And then that's the end of the scene. Okay. And then we go back to the cave. Mm -hmm. And is it... Oh, is it Stefan and Damon in the cave? 
So that's why they were walking through the forest. They weren't going home. They were going to the cave. Okay, it all makes sense now. Why they were having a romantic moonlit stroll in a creepy forest. That does make sense. Apologies, Vampire Diaries writers. It all made sense. Everything (laughs) made sense. Nothing was stupid. Yes, it was all Everything made sense and nothing was stupid is the name of my memoir. I love it. So yeah, Damon and Stefan get to the cave and they're just there for a hot second to check in on Bonnie and Abby and Damon's all like, I hope that Big Witch and Little Witch got that coffin open because otherwise we're going to be in some trouble potentially. But do we, we don't even find out if they did. They're just kind of like walking in and I don't think we actually see them. Oh no, they, they stumble across Bonnie who's unconscious, like in the corridor. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. They're like, oh, she's still breathing. And I think Damon's like, I can hear Abby breathing. She's fine. But she's also (laughs) passed out and the coffin is wide open and empty. And they're like, shit. Cause they are pretty sure that Klaus is going to murder them if they don't murder him first with the coffin weapon. I like having a special kitty guest. <laughs> so then we go to our last scene of the show. We're back. We're back at the house of Klaus, where Klaus is like trying to explain himself to his siblings, and he's not having a really easy time with it. He's like, "Listen, I've renovated this house from scratch, working with the best HGTV personalities <laughs> that are available." And I just want this to be a place that we could all be a family. And we never have to be alone again. And he's like looking down the whole time. He's like very upset because like everybody's hella mad at him. Rebecca threw a vase at a painting and it fell off the wall. Yeah. Although was it a vase? It was just like, it almost looked like just like a glass bucket. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what that was, honestly. But anyway, Rebecca's in a very bad mood. (laughs) But yes. All of the siblings are just, like, taking turns, like, saying really shady and sassy sentences to Klaus. Like, we won't be alone. We're leaving you behind, Klaus. You suck. We hate you. Bye. And Rebecca mentions, as soon as I kill that doppelganger wench, I'm leaving. Yes. Because we might remember uh, Elena daggered her, and she's still wearing her homecoming dress that she never got to wear to the dance. Oh, I didn't realize that it was the same dress, but yeah, yeah that makes the red so much dress. sense. Oh, so she, yeah. she's, a, uh, she's got beef with Elena, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I definitely think she's going to kill Elena next episode, and it's the series finale. Yes, that will happen for sure. Good prediction. But yes, they're all being very dramatic at Klaus, who is like hyperventilating, basically, and crying, and all of my plans have gone awry. How good yeah. does this, who could have foreseen this outcome? I know. He's like starts off like super sad and like kind of being apologetic, but then once he realized that like everybody's turned on him, he like kind of turns a new leaf and he's like, I'm a hybrid. I can't be killed. I have nothing to fear from you. Aren't you all down and kill you again? <laughs> They're like, Yeah, you're really convincing us to stay with you right now, buddy. I know, exactly. And Elijah says that he will have something to fear as soon as they get that coffin back. Mm-hmm. And then Klaus looks really scared. And then somebody joins the party. Yes, we have a moment where mom, a.k.a. Klaus, Elijah, this whole group's mom, just Esther. like walks. Oh, Esther. Okay. Esther walks in giving 
very Cersei vibes. Mm. Yeah, she's she got looks, the Cersei hair. Yeah, she's got Cersei hair. She looks great. She looks like she's younger than all of these children, which is also weird. She's got the good um, red fair dress on. She does. She's straight out of, I don't know, the 1600s. I don't even know how long it's been. Um, but yeah, so she like waltzes in and she's kind of looking around and she walks up to Klaus first and he's like, are you he- here to kill me? And <laughs> she's like, no, son, I am here to forgive you. I want us all to be a family again. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the episode. We see all of them just standing around like, what? <laughs> I know they're looking shocked as hell. Rebecca's very happy to see her mom. She is. And yes, that is a very dramatic conclusion. It is a very dramatic conclusion to a very dramatic episode. I had texted you about the conclusion and how crazy it was. Yeah, you texted me and I hadn't watched the episode yet. And I was like, Uh, oh my God, what happens at the end of this episode? And I was like trying to think about it without looking it up. And then I like had multiple dreams about like what could have been the crazy Vampire Diaries episode that I watched. I don't remember the specifics of any of them, but they were really intense. Nice. I love a good vampire dream. So yeah, that is bringing out the dead. The originals are all in one house. It's like yeah. the Brady Bunch, but with vampires. I feel like we've been working at working towards this moment for a while on the show. So yes. it's been interesting to meet. Well, I guess be introduced uh, to the rest of the originals. And is that all of them now? Uh, yes, because there were two other brothers who died. Right. Like, before the vampire thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just them. Cool. Uh, So, a great episode. And now that brings us to our favorite part of our podcast, where we can do (laughs) our segments. And, Claire, I'd like to kick off by asking you who you want to punch. I want to punch Bill Forbes. Because he just, he sucked from his first moment on the show to the very end. Like, he said some nice things to Caroline while also, like, shading her through the manner of his death. And I do not miss him. Caroline should be happy he's gone and out of her hair. And please write in if you have a dad named Bill. <laughs> Whether he's alive yeah. or dead, but especially if he's dead. I agree with uh, your punch choice. That would be my number one for sure. Well, who well. is your runner up? Who you want to punch also? My runner up is Meredith. Like, yeah, I, I almost said her. I can't deal with her unprofessionalism. Like, <laughs> I'm not the most professional lady, but like, if you're a doctor, like, you can't just go injecting people with blood. Like, non FDA approved medicine is basically what this is. Yes. You need consent like, for this. And then she has the like gall to complain about how people are appreciative of it. It's just so wild. It's like, she's a vigilante doctor. Yeah. And a narcissist. Exactly. Exactly. So that just kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. And like, also she's giving me very bad vibes. And like, even if she isn't the one who's running around stabbing everybody, I still feel like there's something up. Like she's, I don't know on the wrong side of the Founders Council or something. Mm. I hope we find out more in a future episode. <laughs> no, they just never bring it up again. Pro- yeah, you're right, probably. We just never see her again. No explanation. <laughs> she slips on a banana peel and falls into the ravine where Amy Bradley's body was. <laughs> oh, I have to bring so that ravine up every once in a while. I love it. So who you want to high five? 
Hmm. Uh, so this one is pretty easy, which I feel like we probably both picked the same person, but mine would be Elijah. Um, <laughs> he's the one who orchestrated like this whole sibling meeting and worked with Damon to kind of get Klaus down. Um, also, he's looking good. And you reminded me of like his super dramatic entrance <laughs> with his tray of daggers. Like that is just so fucking hilarious. So I definitely oh want to high five Elijah for this episode. You've How about you've you? high fived Elijah two weeks in a row now. Did I? I don't remember last week, or I guess it was two weeks ago because I was sick last week. But yes, <sighs> and he deserved it both times. He did. He did. I'm kind of torn between two options. Hmm. And I'm trying to think who I've said fewer times of the two of them. And I think weirdly, I I don't know that I've ever high-fived Damon. Oh. So my other choice was Elena, but I think I'm going to high-five Damon just because he was extra funny this episode. And also, like, he had a good plan and he yeah. did a good job. And he was, like, trying to put the, like, Elena drama behind him and just, like, deal with the more pressing issues. And Stefan was the one who kept on bringing them back there. And I usually Damon's plans are so idiotic that they're hilarious, but this time it was like pretty solid and it went and it went well. The results were good. Mm -hmm. And I liked when he was kind of flirt bantering with Elijah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good choice. Damon was hilarious this episode. I agree. And I don't usually high five him. So I feel like he earned it this time. Yeah. Elena was my runner up just because she was a very good friend to Caroline this week. She was. Also, she was driving all around Mystic Falls, making sure that she was everywhere that she needed to be. So she definitely needs that honorable mention. Now she at every party, having a great time. (laughs) Now she at every party, stabbing her family, consoling her friend about her dead father. Oh my god. She had quite a day. Uh, She did. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, on a less happy note, uh, why are men, Beth? Oh, why are they? So the big thing that jumps out to me this episode was the scene where the four men are at the dinner party discussing Elena's future. And you kind of touched on it, um, you know, the fact that Elena is her own person, but she has four different people who are all white men (laughs) trying to make decisions about her future as well as her reproductive choices. Mm. Yeah. And it's like points were made by Klaus about like the Salvatore's relationship with her, but like mm-hmm. his idea for her future is like twice as creepy as anything the Salvatore's get up to. It, Even, it really is, yeah. Like she would probably be safer with his shit, but it's like I would like to breed you with Matt Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> This was making me think about, like, when he was talking about this. I forget. Can Elena be compelled? Um, She always wears the... Well, she used to always wear the Vermeer necklace. I don't know what she's doing now. But, yeah, she can be compelled if she's not... Because remember, Damon compelled her that one time. She took off her necklace and he told her he loved her. And was like, but you'll never remember this because I suck. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the jewelry really took a backseat um, in this season. <laughs> I think Stefan had to shut down his Etsy shop when he became a ripper again. <laughs> yeah, he just didn't have to take time to the time to fulfill his orders. He accidentally ripped all his leather cuffs and <laughs> bracelets. Yes. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, like I was worried in this moment that like there was a future where I mean, I doubt that this would actually happen on the show, but like in my mind that like Klaus would compel Elena just to like marry some dude and like have a bunch of babies just to continue the bloodline. I'm also confused about like so the bloodline would be continued, but Elena's children wouldn't be a doppelganger, right? Or would they? I think what they said was like every hundred years a doppelganger would come out oh, of the bloodline. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was really gross. And it's like, yeah, again, the four men with three completely silent women who are there to serve and like be sacrificed, basically just standing there witnessing this. I know it was messed up. I didn't care for it. And then specifically Stefan this week, we've talked about it before. Like he's back on the I love Elena shit. And it's like he wasn't even thinking about that. It seems until Elena told him that she kissed Damon and suddenly like. It's like he just assumed on some level that Elena was going to wait for him forever. Uh, she, at the beginning of the season, she was like, I'll wait for you, Stefan, and I'm not going to give up on you. But, like, at a certain point, she gave up on him, and rightly so. Yeah. And, like, the way that he's been behaving, even after, quote-unquote, turning his humanity back on, has been super aggro and not the man she fell in love with. And so... Yeah, it's, you know, if, if we think about it in real life terms, like, if you broke up with somebody and then started kissing their brother, that is a little weird. But it's TV. Like, yeah, we can't yeah. go by the same rules. It's like, yeah, maybe she moved on. Like, get over it. And the only reason that you're suddenly like, oh, I love Elena again is because your property was, like, impinged upon by somebody else. And now you had to be a snotty brat about it to everybody who's like, nobody else is thinking about this right now. Like... Elena right. has not even, like, thought about the kiss probably in at least 48 hours. <laughs> but Stefan <laughs> cannot get over it. No, he's dwelling on it. And it's like And it's fueling his rage. Too. Possessive stuff. Yeah, and it's making him, like, extra aggro. And it's like, yeah, I, I get you still love her, but, like, you have no right. You are not together. You dumped her and, like, traumatized her on purpose. <laughs> Like, you should be happy that if she, like, even wants to speak to you anymore. So Beth's computer is very mercifully running out of battery, so we can't talk about men anymore. What a shame. What a shame. So, you know, any other stuff is probably stuff we talked about before or in the recap. So let's I move just, on. Oh, go ahead. Can I just one add one super, super quick thing? Please do. So the other thing that was really concerning to me in this episode was the sheer amount of weapons that Alaric <laughs> is is hoarding yeah. and especially like within the past couple of years we've seen that like a lot of the violent episodes that are happening are carried out by men with large arsenals of weapons and I just thought that that was a little concerning and I don't think that like Alaric is going to do like a mass murder or anything <laughs> soon but i just don't like to see that volume of weapons in the hands of men and you kind of alluded to that too when he said that he had it stashed around everywhere yeah it's like what if somehow alaric is compelled to like do something he has access to so many weapons right exactly exactly yeah it's like within the universe it's not that weird but like if you look closely about some things about alaric's life it's like oh okay I just like we like snap. him so much that usually that we don't think about it, but it's like, oh, if this I was know. the real world. Yeah, it's not good. He'd it's be on good. some watch lists. 
but yes, that is that is our why are men for this week. Yes. And now for the most important question of them all. Who should have done it? This was a hard one for me this week. <laughs> I don't I I couldn't think of a good pairing. I really couldn't. So my choice is Steve and anyone but Bill, because, you know, you're on your deathbed. Were they married? At least they were in like a long term relationship. Yeah, I'm not sure if gay marriage was legal at this time. Okay. I honestly don't remember. That is so sad, but probably true. But I just feel like Steve really got like pushed out in this (laughs) in this conversation. So like they were enough of a thing that Caroline was going to like Steven's nephew's birthday party or something in that one episode where she found Vicky's corpse. Yes, it seemed like they were having a true thing and you're just going to die without even like sending a quick text or something. Like even so, if they were separated or whatever. Yeah. That's exactly. shitty. I don't so want to I hope that Steve is getting some somewhere else and that he's not going to be too concerned about Bill because Bill was not concerned about him. Nope. I like it. Thanks, Claire. Who should have done it? So I will say that the award for, like, the most sexual tension is not the same as my answer to who should have done it, but I want to give it a shout out. And Uh that's all vampire brothers and Nina Dobrev throughout the ages. (laughs) I love that. Uh, But I think this is probably not going to be surprising based on some of my previous comments, but I'm going to say Damon and Elijah. Nice. Just because Elijah got all spiffed up to meet Damon in a meadow and they talked really close and they schemed together and scheming together is you know it's not as much of a sexual thing as like feeding on each other but mm-hmm. it it's a close second so it definitely is that's my choice i approve i i agree with this decision <laughs> i don't know why i didn't think of that one but um you you uh, very kindly let me you. say it <laughs> <laughs> good good Ah, so that brings us to the end of the episode, and... I have a very important question for you at this point in the season. Oh, yes, please. What do you think is going on with this, like, murder mystery? What is your theory? I think that something's up with Meredith. Like, even if she's not the person who did it, maybe she has someone doing her bidding. I... Mm-hmm. Something's just not right with her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going on. It's either that or Sheriff Forbes is gone rogue because <laughs> she's under too much pressure at her job. Oh and my she's God. out there doing murders, but like it's like a split personality situation. <laughs> so she doesn't know like when she was doing it. And then she's oh like investigating God. her own murders. I love it. You accuse <laughs> Sheriff Forbes. You <laughs> accuse Sheriff Forbes. I love it. Do you remember what happens? I do. Okay. So I'm going to no comment, obviously, but I would watch a spinoff about Sheriff Forbes having multiple personalities, one of which is a serial killer that she's hunting. (laughs) Me too. It sounds pretty good, right? Uh, So funny. All right. Now that that's out of the way, I just really needed to know your hashtag theories. Thank you. Uh, Let's talk about how you can reach out to us in a variety of ways. Uh, You can mystic follow us on Twitter at the VD Diaries. And on uh, Facebook at Vampire Diaries Diaries. You can find us on Instagram at the underscore VD underscore Diaries underscore podcast. And if you're very kind, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever it's called these days. And we actually have gotten a new review since the last time we recorded. And it's 
a very wonderful review from uh, Campbell Dancy. And just going to shout out our favorite part of this review that says, uh, your hatred for Jeremy and Matt is so inspiring. <laughs> that is the nicest thing anybody's ever said about us. It truly is. When Claire read me this review earlier, I literally teared up. And this review meant so much to us. So thank you so much. Yes. And all of our reviewers mean so much to us. But this one we just read like right before we started recording. And it was so beautiful. And right. we hope that all of our Matt shade in an episode where Matt was fine uh, brought some joy to you, Campbell Dancy. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, uh, all of the podcast places you can follow us. I don't really understand modern technology anymore. So I just assume if you type Vampire Diaries Diaries into like your hollow pad, it'll make us appear. Yeah, so do it'll that. It'll pop up somewhere. And Definitely. if you would like to be old fashioned like us old fogies you can send us an email at the vddiaries at gmail.com and if you write to us we might just uh shout you out or answer your questions on the air wow Ooh, i like the idea of a advice column episode oh my god please ask us for our advice <laughs> we still want to hear about your uncle's john and now your dad's bill we have many uh, scientific studies happening about male relatives who share names we do. I only have one dad named Bill. So does Caroline. As far as we know. Oh, plot twist. So once again, thank you so much for joining us on this journey. Uh, if your dad's a vampire racist, maybe just let him die and not cry about it. And uh, try not to get serial stabbed by a mystery figure. Always good advice to end the episodes, Claire. Thank you. And he's a repa. Mozzarella.